this symbiosis and mimicking nature. Nature already knows how to live in abundance and how to create abundance. You take one tomato seed, you plant it, you get, you know, let's say you get 10 tomatoes because you planted it in a pot. You cut those tomatoes up and you take all the seeds out and you plant all those tomato seeds. Well, you could be feeding the entire village, but you, you can't do it in the pot. You actually have to, you know, take those seeds and put them in, 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 a, in a larger piece of ground. So nature is entirely wired for abundance. And so our design systems with our intellect, with our divine intelligence, um, we're really benefiting, mimicking our societal um, orientations. And, and it's, it's a really delicate place because we can only do this within on an individual level but um and and from that place from the internal transformation the external um, experience of our reality when we drop the fear when we process everything that is actually trauma that that keeps us in fear when we start navigating through that feeling-based relating as one as one way to um shift ourselves out of um fear and 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 entropic orientations um we um, are able to start implementing right at the same time systems of abundance. And there's no better form than to uh, create a sense of sovereignty for self to, to grow your own food. Um, you know, it, it is that, that, you know, quote unquote revolutionary material that, um, that is still of tremendous value because when we garden and grow our own food, it's not just like, it's shifting the model. So currently we have a mind model and it always has the economy on the top. Money sits right there. And so the idea is not to replace that money, uh, that model of money and saying, well, if I grow food, then I don't have to spend that money. Because if we grow food, there's so much more that happens. We actually have therapy with the earth. We have therapy with ourselves. We get microbes and and they come into our body and, and we feel, you know, all sorts of beautiful biochemicals being released and we become relaxed. And, and so, they, and then we start doing it together and it becomes even nicer. But then currently we're in that space in between where it's like, how do you make that jump? Well, in Syntropic Agroforestry, everything works in succession. So the way that, that nature works best is if you plant out a two-year system is that you already harvest after 30 days your rockets and, and your, your little radishes and your lettuces are coming out. But as they leave the system, they create the room for the other plants that you also plant. You planted jackfruits, you planted uh, eucalypt, you planted all sorts of trees, timber. And, and so everything that's in that system is kind of following one after the next. And that requires some, some quality intelligence to know how life uh, what, what life's duration of each species is. Um, but in our human experience, we also operate on succession. We are a baby, then we are a youngling, and then we come into this, you know, strange period where all these hormones, that's the next succession. And all of a sudden the hormones come up and our sexual organs start really developing. And then we're coming into more maturity. And, and then we're actually psychologically and emotionally kind of ready to procreate again and then we raise the next generation of younglings um and, and a good thing is that that we're not like tomatoes and you know we a man plants his seed and you get 15 children um 
And so there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful um, governance that is so, uh, it's so divinely um, a part of, of our species type. But then we become older and, and our, our children grow up and then we go into uh, the later stage of our lives where, where, where we've gone through our shine and our manifestations and our creations and we just kind of, through all the experiences, are able to kind of more, you know, that's where the fantasy of attention maybe comes in where people can just kind of relax. And it's not a bad concept. It's just that it's hijacked all the time by, you know, hedge fund investors. Um, so there are these natural successions. But in an agroforest, it is very relevant for the farmer to, if you want to, like nature can't prune itself. And so if you don't take that lettuce out of the garden, it's going to go to seed. If you're going to go to seed, it's going to be communicating with the plants around itself. Like, hey, I'm slowing down. I'm like, I'm checking out. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer really going to be doing much. I'm just, I'm making seed for the next generation. What that actually does from observation, it slows down the growth of the other plants in that ecosystem. And so what we as humans have on the internal landscape, in our internal agroforest, on our farm, so to speak, our, our syntropic farm, because it's a syntropic farm, there's a tremendous amount of unresolved elements there um, called a trauma. And they are pictures of experiences. And, and those experiences are still in our ecosystem. And so without clearing that debris with love, for the greater ecosystem, um, our, our, our growth wants to grow, but it can't really break through because what? All this cult programming sitting in the way, it's sitting in our internal mindset. It's occupying all this space. And it's about finding where those overgrowing and overbearing narratives, uh, as in like maybe not fruit-bearing trees. You know, we have... Uh, been trained into kind of like a slave-based mentality and taken out of our sovereignty-based mentalities. And so there's a lot of belief systems that as like species of domination, um, guilt, fear, shame, um, these are all identifiable feelings and emotions that people have that really crowd out our ability to thrive. And so in my experience, what really benefits humans is... A, they have to make a willful decision if they want to re-enable their nature. They want to get out of all this entropic, fear-based, because it's not fulfilling. No matter how many Netflix episodes they watch of something, it, something is still, they're looking outside of themselves for something that they can only find within. And we, we know all of this, but then we have to be willing to make a choice. And to say, I, I'm willing to re-enable my nature. I'm willing to reclaim my sovereignty. And then a hero's journey can begin. And very shortly, when the hero leaves this familiar ecosystem, um, he goes on a path where new experiences come in. And when we see that we can go on a journey, we will always come back to our own farm, our own home, our own land, our own our own beingness as a, as a human being, and, and with that, our internal agroforest. And so we don't necessarily have to go travel around the world. That hero's journey can be done within as well. 
And what a farmer would do if he neglects his farm for, let's say, five years, and everything is overgrown, and there's so-called weeds everywhere, and there's like new tree species popping up, and, and the trees that, the mango trees that he hadn't pruned for years are just all just, they're all over the place. In order to get nature back into production and productivity, which is a natural activity of life, life is fully productive all the time. We've taken productivity into an industrial sort of factory kind of setting and we're now talking about working and being productive and, and it's all tied into that monetary narrative. But nature is highly productive as well, but it does it out of love. Um, in order for that agroforest to become productive again, the farmer needs to prune. The farmer needs to cull and clear the vines that are overgrowing the beautiful little sapling trees. He needs to use his consciousness to change the infrastructure and the layout, and, and he needs to start planting new, new seeds. Yeah. And, and, and that's something where it's a twofold process. We, we, we have to clear and call shit out of our lives that actually doesn't, doesn't serve us because it's holding us back and we are aware of those patterns. And, but we, so that's where the will comes in, which is the sovereign aspect. Of, that's our sovereignty as, a, as, a, as the most pinpoint prick of who we are is, is our will because it's either yay or nay. It either feels good or it doesn't feel good. You're either willing or you're not willing. But because we've been traumatized, a lot of people do a lot of things that they're actually not willing to do, but, but they're doing it because if they don't do it, that will be more painful. And so we're doing this, you know, pain and pleasure narrative, like, well, that, uh, I'll do it because if I do it that way, then... So we have to start recultivating our will and, and being willing to radically reassess our lives, reassess our friends, reassess our business, reassess our ways of income generation, and be willing to witness what comes up with all the fear of even imagining, like, I'm going to quit my, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit my job today, and I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm going to change my life. Um, you want to have a support network. If you want to make those changes, we are social creatures. To navigate this solo as a hero's journey, on the hero's journey, there's always other humans there. There's the guides, there's the supporters, there's all of these people. And so it's a twofold process where you have to clear and call in your agroforest anything that is actually just, it's, it's actually not making you happy. And it's actually kind of distracting your, your time availability and your, your, your presence away from the seeds you could be planting. And so we need to, this is why I call for a radical human ecology. We, we need to radically shift our orientation and start focusing on what we want to create for ourselves in alignment with life's natural strategies, that is abundance, prosperity, happiness, joy. And in the same timing, we need to make room for those seeds and that consciousness orientation to have room to sprout out because if we still have all these belief systems about I have to, I need to, um, if I don't do it then, if we don't start apprehending those thoughts and actually making use of them because those thoughts are just performing a function with purpose. If we, if we don't do that, then those new seeds are not going to be able to grow. So it's, it's dreaming the world that we want to be in and then being willing to make the changes 
in that internal landscape. And maybe for some people, you just have to go through your friend list. Like I did it years ago. I went through my friend list and there were seven dead people on my phone. Like that, that and that was representative of, of my contacts that were in my, you know, we are all connected. You know, just because they're contacts in a phone doesn't mean that, no, they're, they're my, my connections to my physical and my spirit and soul. And I, I had like 2,000 contacts in there and how many were really relevant? You know, we're sold on this fantasy in, in Facebook land that it's all about having as many friends as possible. And I'm so happy when I hear people because I have 5,000 friends and it's, it's an annoyance because we cannot maintain that many relationships. It's absolutely impossible. It's not even healthy. That, that, that means having 5,000, you know, plant species in your backyard or competing for the farmer's attention. We can't manage that much. It's impossible. And so I went through a process of really radically assessing, like, who is making me grow? Who do I feel attracted to be around because they're serving my growth, my, my ability to become more authentically embodied in who I am? And, and they are, they're there to listen to me when, I'm, when I want to process what is happening for me. Are your friends there for you to receive you and not give you advice how to fix your situation or tell you, ah, oh, mate, she'll be all right. Just go back to work, mate, and we'll have a couple of stubbies up. Um, so, so assessing your context, your social ecology, and really just trimming it down. Because this is about your soul's journey. This is about your hero's journey. This is about my hero's journey. And when we do that, we start, the world, all of a sudden, room opens up. And we meet people that we wouldn't have met otherwise because we didn't make a conscious choice to want to start planting new seeds. And we don't know what those relationships are, but when you create the gap, life will fill it. That happens everywhere in nature. If a gap is created, life will fill the gap. And when we create a gap, a space in our lives by calling out things that aren't actually really there to elevate us but kind of like keep us from these people are going through similar experiences but if somebody else radically shifts them themselves they kind of want them to stay the same you know they're like no no no, don't change because i i have this relationship with you in this way and and that's what keeping a lot of humans sort of stuck in old relationships that kind of are nice and but is it really building you up is it really allowing you to become more authentically who you came here to be? These are the real questions that each individual benefits asking and get rid of. Yeah, and it's not, you don't have to like discard them, but it's just start focusing on who you want to hang out with and, and be really real that when these connections still call you in to get, go for a night on the piss, oh, come on, come on, Stewie, it'll be fun. I had to get really real and say, you know, where I want to put my energy and my time is really, in, in, in people that I can deeply relate around trauma with. Well, that's sorted out 50 people right there. They're like, my trauma, like, what are you talking about? What's that anyways? Can you eat that? And so, <laughs> you know, because I, I had an overload of social connections, but it's, it's about really like making that choice, but really standing in that, really holding that ground as the farmer, as the steward of your future, 
don't let those, you know, older relationships that are like drag boats or drag nets still catching, just cut it clean. It's okay because you're not responsible for their journey. You're responsible for yours. And when you do that out of loving kindness, then I see that we can very quickly change our economic um, ways of income generating because we cannot have new ideas if our mind is filled with old entropic ideas. Yeah. And so that's, that's where I sense that it is going the layer underneath the systems we can design so that when the designer recalibrates that from which he designs, then the external manifestations of our creations will be in alignment with nature and life and we will start regenerating um, but there's a lot to this, like really, it's, and, and that is, that is our time. You know, I, I can say, well, it's, it's really challenging. It's like, no, this, this is ours to do. And we either want to do that or not. And that's a choice. And that choice can only be made by each individual and, and meeting up with friends that also want to do that. That's probably key. So what I see emerging just from a forefeeling place is we're going to have a separation of the wheat and the chaff. We're going to have those beings that want to go into sovereign communities. They want to thrive together, live together, and work through the problems of whatever emerges. And then you have the people that actually keep the society going. Because you and I could just tune out of society entirely and find our, our unique way, find some land and somehow dream it into being that we could do that while we can still fuel, fuel our cars with petrol.